0: Never lands, I'm thinking, I don't think that thing's coming in here. So I go in, checked at the gate, and there's nobody there. He's flying in on Frontier, actually on Republic, operating for Frontier, which you know is a problem kind of at that point. And nobody's there, and, and somebody from the airplane is texting his wife there in the terminal. So we're getting illegal texts in the, telling us that we've been diverted to Ontario. Ontario, is that in California? I mean, what, what is that? It's like it's two and a half hours away. And so I'm thinking, Ontario, I'm not going to get you, Lowell. I love you, man, but that's a long ways away. No, so we got, I went back home. And I'm thinking, well, Lowell will land there. And he'll call me. And he'll tell us they're either going to bring us here. Or whatever. So it was about 1230 by this point. Finally calls around 1 o'clock. and I'll, let you know, we don't know what's going on here yet. And I said, well, call me back as soon as you know. And he goes, it'll probably be a few hours. Call me back. He said, just go to bed. I said, well, we'll call us if you need anything. We'll we'll come get you, whatever we need to do. I go to bed. I wake up suddenly at 630. Look at my phone. Lowell didn't call. He's sleeping on the bench down at the Santa Barbara airport or something. I don't know what's going on. We call Lowell. Finally, we get in touch with him. I run down to the airport. He's not there. The flight didn't come. We call low. We find out that his plane landed in Ontario, but Republic, or operated by Frontier or whatever it is, does not have any personnel in Ontario Airport. <laughs> they don't. They don't. Have, they don't work, They don't operate out of that place. So they landed. His plane sat on the at the gate from midnight to four in the morning on the ramp. Finally, they got out and were out kind of milling around waiting until someone from LAX Republic, operated by Frontier, <laughs> finally showed up around nine-ish, eight, eight, yeah, and was able to finally give them some instruction and some guidance. And, uh, and, and the flight crew that was supposed to fly out of Santa Barbara on Tuesday morning, had to drive down to Ontario, meet the plane there, fly it here, and then do their normal flight. So he finally landed here about 11, 10.30 a.m. on Thursday morning, about 12 hours after he was supposed to get here, about 24 hours after he had left Illinois. Oh, tires me out just telling the story. Uh, The point of it is that Lowell and all the people on his airplane were so much like so many of us. And so many people in our world, they were without a guide. They were without anyone to help them find their way. They were without anyone to tell them, get off the plane here, get onto this plane here, go into that bus there, some direction, call your family. It ended up that Lowell's wife in Illinois had to call Republic, operated by Frontier, and <laughs> shake them into action. Now, nothing bad about that airline. I'm sure it's good. But in this particular instance, it did not work out. And and, and it just such a reminder to me as I was working with this theme this week and listening to that story, that how true that is of so many of us. Whether we intentionally do it or not, or though people are unaware, we live without a guide. And Jesus said to his disciples, and he says to each and every one of his followers today and to the world, there is one who I will send, who he has sent, to be our guide. Let's think about that together a little bit. Let's stand together. I want to read this passage of scripture from the gospel of John chapter 16. Jake referred to it, read parts of it. Let me read the whole thing, verses 5 through 15. At the end, I'll say this is the word of the Lord, and you can say thanks be to God with all sorts of strength and gusto, because this is Outstanding stuff. Now I am going to him who sent me, Jesus said. Yet none of you asks me, Where are you going? Because I've said these things, you're filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is good it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, and when he comes he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment, in regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. You can be seated. Jesus had said earlier in John 14 that he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life But the disciples. Obviously, had not been able to fully grasp that. And so he's saying here now that that he's going to go. It's for their good that he does. Because if he does, the Spirit will come and he'll unveil. He'll... The Spirit's not doing anything necessarily new in terms of content. The Spirit is proclaiming new in terms of context or the how. Not necessarily the what, but the how. Jesus leaves, the Spirit comes, is able to be present everywhere and in any place and makes known, takes the lid off, uncovers, unveils what it was that Jesus was all about what it was that Jesus was teaching, what it was that Jesus was doing, this is what the Spirit now comes to make clear to the disciples and to work it into our hearts and to help us to assimilate that and take that in so that we can know and follow the will of Jesus for our lives. He's making it accessible. And so when we start to speak about how the Spirit might guide us, about how the Spirit might guide us into all truth, it's hard to narrow that down sometimes because it's it's almost hard to say, well, when doesn't the Spirit guide us? (laughs) Into all truth, but a couple of things in particular that I just want us to note this morning. First of all, just pay attention to that verse 13. I think lot didn't put it up. Just, just, that when read it with me, would you? When he the Spirit of truth comes, hold on, hold on. Start from again. Start from the top again, all of us. But when he the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So a couple of things. Just want us to note this morning a couple of major areas of life where the Spirit will guide us. Uh, the first is He'll guide us into the truth about salvation. This, the Holy Spirit is the one who, who helps us to make sense at all of the very fact that we as human creations can have the opportunity, can have the possibility even, of living in relationship with our Creator. That, left to our own devices, that idea is far beyond our ability to comprehend. It's the Holy Spirit who enables us even to begin to grasp this idea and then to be able to move into the reality of this relationship that we can have with our Creator. He's the one who who makes this uh, possibility and, and, and helps us to move into the promises that God has given us both for life now and forevermore. He's at work all the way along through the process. And I just want to quickly kind of chalk off the places where the Holy Spirit is at work in the process. And, and maybe, as I mentioned some of these, I, you'll, you'll have in your heart or in your mind and in your spirit at some level, you'll be like, oh yeah, I know. I remember that. That's what that was. Or I knew that. And what a great reminder. That's, and maybe some of us, on the other hand, will have the sense where I, I haven't really felt that. Or I haven't sensed that in my life to this point. But we might have the openness uh, as we think about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to be ready for him to move and to guide us in ways like this. The first stage of his guidance in the things of salvation is just this, this sense of his awakening us. And I like to think of the Holy Spirit, the metaphor I kind of use for this is the, the Holy Spirit has alarm clock. And some of you have different alarm clock settings, you know, maybe the kind of mild... You know, or maybe it just starts blaring right from the beginning, or maybe it's music. This last week, I, I, I didn't. There was a particular morning I had to get up really early, and I did not hear my alarm clock go off at all. My alarm, but I had to leave early. I think it was when I was going down to see Patrick Caswell, but I had to leave really early. I didn't hear it go off, but about 4:45 in the morning just found myself laying there (laughs) thinking what why am i awake (laughs) and i looked over at my alarm clock and i had hit the snooze button in my sleep evidently and uh, and yet it had given me just enough just enough sensation where i was awake enough to look over and and see that that i had been awoken from my slumber now I just think sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. For those of us, when when Jesus talked about he will come to convict the world, right? The Holy Spirit is the one that when we're walking far from God, or when we're walking doing our own thing, it's the Holy Spirit who will come and awaken us to several things. Awaken us to our own sinfulness, and that's a gnarly sounding word, I know, but it just simply means our own self-centeredness, our own rebelliousness. This is what the Holy Spirit comes to awaken us to, to point us to that fact, and to awaken us to the, to the possibility, to the, to the fact that God wants to have a relationship with us. The Holy Spirit as an alarm clock. Maybe you've sensed him going off in your own life from time to time. The second is just this idea of, of a turning. The Holy Spirit, in our, in, our, in our life of salvation, of coming to salvation, the Holy Spirit is the one who, who helps us to, at, at some point, ultimately turn to a relationship with God through Jesus. And the metaphor I just used for the Holy Spirit at this point is kind of traffic cop. And not the, not the traffic cop that, you know, sets the speed trap for you and <laughs> hides out waiting for you to zoom by and get you with his gun. But the, uh, the traffic cop that I remember that was at the, the mall when I was growing up every Christmas time that would, that would be right out as all the cars were coming in and he'd be like... You know, given all I mean this guy was a performer, an entertainer. But but the traffic cop who's given us directions, you go here, you go here, you stop, you come. And at this point, I think it's the Holy Spirit who's telling us, equipping us, enabling us, when we're not able to ourselves, who's present in our lives, saying, now that you're awakened to who you are, now turn, take a turn, make a U-turn. From the direction that you've been going to the direction that is Fully faced toward God through Jesus Christ. Attorney, awakening, attorney. The third one is this new birth. And I got to hang out with that little baby Skylar this week and got to see this newborn baby just days old and, and to see how tiny and just to think that is the, really kind of the image of who we are. But to think of the Holy Spirit perhaps as, as kind of the midwife. I don't know if you ever thought I would, you'd hear the Holy Spirit compared to the midwife. But the one who, who effects the birth. The one who, who makes the birth possible, this is the Holy Spirit who, who enables us as we're, as we're turning to, to experience this, this big word regeneration, this new life, this new start, that makes a new value system, a new uh, set of priorities to become a reality in our lives. It's this Holy Spirit who's doing this, who leads us then to the next stage in just two more, but this new state, this next stage of full surrender. It's the Holy Spirit, who after we've been born anew, born again, entered into this new family of God, who, who continues to work on us, who continues to set the alarm clock off, who continues to show us and teach us more about who God is, and who continues to show us more about who we are, continues to uncover the depth and the darkness of our sinfulness, who continues to shine the searchlight of grace, into our lives and expose our deeper need for Him, who who ultimately, after walking in relationship with Him for some time, can bring us to a place where simply the Holy Spirit enables us, calls us, and allows us to make a full, deeper surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But that's not the last one. The last one really is this, continued growth. It's the Holy Spirit... Who guides us as we continue to grow even after a full surrender do you know that we're human people and we can take that back we can we can renege on our full surrenders and it's happened more than once in history Happened more than once in our own lives and we need the power of the Holy Spirit to enable us to continue to grow deeper to hold on to it's the Holy Spirit I believe who gives us this desire within us to want to grow it's the Holy Spirit who gives us this goal who puts before us the person and the character of Jesus and says, this is your aim, this is your end, keep moving in this direction. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit who comes along and gives us his strength. And the, the, the metaphors, if you were writing them down, I forgot for full surrender, it's the Holy Spirit as attorney who, who counsels us, advocates for us and says, give up, <laughs> give up to God. And this last one for continued growth, just a simple metaphor is the Holy Spirit is friend comes alongside us, helping us along this journey of salvation. Guys, I don't know where you are in that process. I don't know where you've, where you've come to. But what I do know is that wherever you are in that process, whether you're at the very top and you have yet to be awakened to your own sinfulness and to God's desire to be in relationship with you, whether you're somewhere in the between or, or, or perhaps you're in the stage of continued growth, what I do know is that the Holy Spirit desires To guide you right now. That's his wish. That's his his offer. It's what he wants to do without question. He wants to come into this, this process of salvation, this process of living in a relationship with him that you are somewhere in that stage and to help you keep moving along that journey. There is no room in the Christian faith for apathetic, stagnated, careless Christians. Just just make that clear. Let's just be clear about that. The Bible, biblical Christianity points to the fact that if you're a follower of Jesus, you are are pressing on, as Paul said it. You're moving forward into all that God has in mind for you. And so the good news about that is, some of you when I say that, you kind of shirk back. I don't know if I can do that. Well, the good news, the bad news is you can't. The good news is you can't, but the Holy Spirit can. And it's the Holy Spirit who fills us and empowers us and encourages us along that journey. Guides us in salvation. Second, second thing is this. He, he just guides us in the truth about life. And, and I just want to share a couple of things because he, he, he's guiding us not only in this overarching kind of sense of, of our life with God, but he's guiding us in kind of the daily earthly decisions that we're making and the directions that we're going to help shape us into the people that he wants us to be he's guiding us into into the truth about about life Um, yeah we know that he can guide us in 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 a lot of different ways he's not limited to one means of guidance or another Um, he, he can prompt us through scripture he can prompt us through relationships and through conversations with others. He can prompt us through our circumstances and even through just kind of the, the impressions upon our hearts. Um, it, it all kind of has to come back to, our scripture, to scripture, though, our, our, our foundation. That, that's our core. That's our bedrock. And so we can never say, let me just tell you this, we can never say that the Holy Spirit is guiding us in ways that are contradictory to scripture. If if that's a new concept to you, then would you just write that down on the piece of paper or on your heart or somewhere that the Holy Spirit will never guide us in ways that are contradictory to scripture. Philip Yancey in his book, What's So Amazing About Grace, maybe some of you have seen or even read that book, tells a story about a friend of his, middle-aged man. They were both kind of in that stage of life, came to him. They were in a diner one night, and eating a little snack, and the guy had called Philip Yancey to come because he just wanted to share with him that the Lord was revealing to him that he was to divorce his wife and and, and enter into a relationship with this woman that he'd been having uh, an affair with. The Lord was making that clear to him. And, of course, Philip Yancey looked at him and said, absolutely not. But this... And most of you are looking at me like, shocked, how can that be? But this is the deception of the enemy in our lives. If we'll allow ourselves to even skirt and to skate around in those types of places and those types of issues, we don't have to ask ourselves is, uh, you know, premarital sex or is, is being mean spirited or, or having negative, selfish attitudes. We don't have to ask ourselves, is, maybe the Spirit wants me to do that. You know, I, I kind of feel like He wants me to be vengeful on this moment. He kind of wants me to, the Spirit is prompting me to tear that person's head off. It's not the Spirit. It's not the Spirit. Oh, but the Spirit is telling me that this relationship is so right, that we were made for each other. We, we can go ahead and enter into a sexual relationship or, or I'm, you know, my marriage is kind of this, so the Spirit is just revealing to me that this is a, a healthy, a beautiful thing for me. No, he's not. It's the enemy is telling us that. The Spirit is guiding us into these decisions. He's helping us. He's, sometimes he prompts us to, to send, a, like, a letter or make a phone call. Have you ever gotten that? Like, a Holy Spirit, you just kind of, Sense that he's kind of putting this on your heart, and you got to do it. And how many times do we think about it two days later and think, "Ah, oh, too late now." I got a text message this morning. I never bring my phone up here; it is on silent. But I, got a text message this morning, and I open, I open up my phone and looked at it. It was a text message. It was from J.K. Warwick. He's the general superintendent in the Church of the Nazarene. There are only six of these guys, and I, you know, worked with him at the district assembly last week. And my first thought was, wow. <sighs> I got a text message from J.K. Warwick. And then I began to realize that most likely what happened is I called him for something last week, and he got my number, and he added it to this long list of pastors' phone numbers that he has. But listen to what it says. I got this text message this morning. It just simply says, this is from one of our leaders, and he just simply says, praying that God will give you the desires of your heart. General superintendents make typos as well. <laughs> I hope he listens to this online. It says, praying that God will give you the desires of your heart. What he meant to say? He says, preach well on this Lord's Day jkw i I just got that and i thought you know what i i got some things to say this morning (laughs) and and i i want to preach well and i just believe that as i opened that up that was the holy spirit that had prompted him at some level no matter how low i was on that list of phone numbers that i needed to hear that and the spirit had guided him and he was faithful to it and it's a beautiful beautiful thing he's guiding us in our direction in our decision, the kind of people we're hanging out with, the, the, the kind of decisions we're making, three in our character, in our, in our integrity, in our honesty, in our generosity, the Spirit is shaping us through the decisions that we make. And I could go on and on about some of the decisions that Kyle and I have made through, we believe, the leadership of the Holy Spirit in line with Scripture that have shaped us as a family, that have shaped me as an individual and it's these little decisions, these life directions where the Spirit can guide us that over time begin to build us into a certain person. And um, speaking of over time, I'm going to invite my dad to come up here. It's Father's Day, and so I thought it would be fun to do this. But um, also, he's a... Uh, come on up here, Dad. You can have this chair. He's also a lot... There you go. He's also a lot older than I am. <laughs> Let's just be honest about it. And uh, he's walked with the Holy Spirit a lot longer than I have. My dad's been a pastor uh, a long time 50 years or so, almost, huh? And uh, retired about nine years ago, maybe, and has found all sorts of other things going on in his life. But as I was working with this, I just thought, man, I, It's Father's Day, for one. I thought it would be fun. I tell stories about my parents all the time, and so I thought it might be fun for you to just hear and see my dad a little bit. But I also thought um, just to think about the guidance of the Holy Spirit in in our lives, how it's played out for a guy like this over the years, um, just as we think about in our own lives. So, Dad, thanks. Welcome. Thanks for spending this time with me. You guys have no idea how thankful I am right now (laughs) and how excited I am and just blown away by the chance to do this kind of thing with my dad. And both for my mom and dad, they're, they're loving my life. Um, if, there's, if there's anything good about me as your pastor or as your friend, it's first of all because of Jesus, and second of all because of my parents. And so uh, if there's anything bad about me, which there is, that's, that's me. Just <laughs> give, I'll, just, I'll take that one. Dad, uh, you start.
1: There must be one somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you you You're setting me up for something this I afternoon, go. I think.
0: Dad, yeah, share um, with us just generally, um, just kind of general impressions through, through your life, ministry, family life, just general kind of impressions of, of, of how you know when the Spirit is, is leading and guiding uh,
1: in your life. First of all, let me let me just say that I had an old fellow in the first church I, I planted way back in the early 60s. He was an old saint that came along and joined us. And he would come in during the week somewhere, and um, And he would get a hold of me in my office and bring me out to the altar, and he would just pray, pray the house down. He was one of those um, rare, rare saints of God that, just was an encouragement to the whole body all the time. He would always be saying to me, Oh, Brother Kinsler, we live so far beneath our privileges. And one of the things you're talking about this morning is the privilege we have in this wonderful uh, grace of guidance that we many times don't realize, as you, and it's your your emphasis is so excellent this morning, son, about the fact that the Holy Spirit is just waiting to guide us. <clears throat> he has come into us because we want Him to come into us, but along with His coming, He wants to guide us into all of His ways and all of His truth and all of His relationships. And um, so that's, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing to, um, to know this morning is that there are privileges beyond what most of us know. Amen. What was your question? <laughs>
0: just, <laughs> you answered it basically, but just other, other, well, ways, other ways that, that we know the guidance yeah, of the Spirit. Yeah, uh, how, how do you know when you're tuned in?
1: This book is in your library <clears throat> here at the church. Christian Secret of a Happy Life, Hannah Whitall Smith, uh, a classic. Probably three or four million books have been sold. How many have read this? Um, it would be one that it, it's a it's a it's a just a tremendous classic. And um, through the years, Sue and I will always go to the chapter on guidance. Whenever we're faced with uh, major decisions, major decisions, we get this out. Now, we have pretty well learned how the flow of decision making during the day goes by the work of the Spirit in our lives. But these points that come out are very, very important to us. You, your pastor just mentioned one a few moments ago. Four ways he reveals his will to us through the scriptures. Uh, it all has to s- stand up to scripture. Through the convictions of our own higher judgment or good common sense. Does it make sense? And the Holy Spirit does help us to just have some good common sense about things, you know. That's that's part of his work in our lives. Number three, through the inward impression. Wait, wait a minute. Through providential circumstances uh, or opportunities that come to us, doors that seem to open to us, should we walk through those doors or what should we do about these things? How do we know that this is what God is doing? There are providential circumstances that we have to discern whether they're of the Lord or whether they're tricks. And uh, the discerning of that is very, very important. And it all has to do with the basing ourselves in scripture. And the fourth is through the inward impressions of the Holy Spirit. Uh, The sense of God speaking to us. Um, And I think he has a way of speaking to us individually. I don't think he speaks to me the way he speaks to you. I think he has we are tailor made for him to speak to us the way that he can communicate with us.
0: We we talked about this ahead of time yesterday a little bit and I asked you to share just a couple of particular instances, maybe one ministry related, one just life related about when you can kind of look back and say that the spirit was <clears throat> in that guiding and, and we followed and this is what happened.
1: Uh, when we were um, pastoring college church in Nampa, the children were small and um, And we had the call the invitation to go to the Bay Area To be a bishop or to be a district superintendent over the churches in Northern, California uh, I was pastoring a, a great church having the time of my life and uh it seemed like an intrusion, this called it. It was It was not something that I saw coming or was anticipating. and um, <clears throat> but it was it was serious. I knew it was serious because <clears throat> my own my own objectives in life were that whatever ministry I would do to where we, the greatest number of people could be saved is what I must give myself to. And so um, that stopped me. And so I began to pray and seek the word. And, um, and the word began to speak to my heart. And then I began to have this inward sense that God is up to something. God is going to change the course of our lives, and I wept for a day. I cried for one whole day. Couldn't stop. As the Lord was releasing me from my assignment that I was in, that I was broken-hearted about because I was having so much fun at that point, and people were being saved. Everywhere. And I just was, it was just such an intrusion, and my heart was broken. And then the the clarity of the Holy Spirit began to be dawning in my own mind in which I saw the great mission field of 343 languages in the Bay Area that the Lord had called Sue and I to years before. That here was a mission field that we must go to, and then it began to spring up, and the and the joy began to come. The children we were really concerned about, and um, they survived, <laughs> as you can see, because the Holy Spirit gave us the promise that He would, that, you know, if He's calling, then He's going to take care of the other stuff, and He did. in in wonderful ways. I mean, there was many, many stories about that. One other more somewhat lighthearted story from a
0: daily uh, kind of example, but uh, significant
1: as well, about the car. Um, Which car? (laughs) Most most of the leadership of the Lord has been over cars with my life. Tell you about another car. <laughs> Tell you about the country squire too. But uh, the, 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 uh, Becky was um, was going to be a junior in high school. It's not a good time to move. But she's going to be a junior. But um, she'd come into her senior year. Was that right, Beck? No, no, no. Yeah, junior year, yeah. Well, she went through uh, her high school years there and was doing very well. The way that uh, I communicated with Becky um, was to um, have dates with her. And we'd go out to lunch and just talk. That's the way we communicated to a great degree. She was getting ready to go to college, and I was taking her on her last date. I was as mushy as you could be. I mean, I was so soft. You know, I was just gullible as all get out. So we went on this date. I had just finished restoring a little convertible. Just perfect. While we were eating lunch, she said, "Danny, do you suppose I could take the convertible to college?" <laughs> That's a car story. <laughs> well, and you know, I had said it. I, that was just total surprise. That's off the wall. And I, but I was just gooey enough that I made an animation that it might be okay, and it was okay. You know, it was right in a very, very practical way. It was my signature way of saying to her, you know, honey, I value you more than I do the car. The girl is more important than the car. So she took it four years, in the, four years at Point Loma and the car was absolutely destroyed. I had, to, I, I, had, I had to, I had to restore it all over again. I finally got the color I wanted. It's just little dots in the convertible, you know, and, and the, they wouldn't see it because the top would be down. They wouldn't see it pick up it back into it in the parking lot. Parking lot, you know, just unbelievable. Anyway, but now the, the car is just all over again, and it's wonderful to see how that has all worked itself out. It's prettier now than it was to begin with. That's a car story, James. Um, he's got other car stories, but we'll
0: we'll stop with that one um, There are a lot of people here Dad who um, are not as experienced and wise and aged as yourself um, what would you say to us about staying tuned in to the frequency of the Holy Spirit. What are, just finish with this, Dad, tell us what, what has helped you along the years to, to be able to, you know, tune in and, and know what he's saying to you, and, and what would you, how would you encourage us, for the most part, very good-willed people, who uh, we, want, we want the Spirit to teach us as much as he wants to guide us, and yet sometimes we lose that, that touch.
1: Well, I think um, the thing that, that, you know, and I, miss, I missed it any number of times, I'm sure. Um, it's, you don't bat 1,000 in this whole deal. If you bat 50% or you're 500, you're doing pretty well. But it's amazing at the, the main entry points of where the Spirit is leading us, it's extremely important that our walk with Him daily has us in touch. Then when those moments come, when there's a real need for us to be guided by the spirit, we're able to hear him. Learning to listen, learning to listen, I think, is really, really important. What does the spirit sound like to me? How does he talk to me? And that just works, that's just with experience. We don't all know that right off the bat. That's how we grow in grace, as we grow in our understanding of the Spirit, as he is communicating with us. We learn to hear what his voice sounds like. And, um, um, and that, that, is a, that is a mystical quality in all of us that we have to be very careful that it's based in Scripture, as you say. Because those impressions can be given to us by Satan. He is a spirit also. There are several spirits in the world. There's only one spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christ will always be leading us to higher things, higher levels of living. He will always be leading us to that. He will not ever be depreciating us. Anything that would be of a depreciating way in our lives in any way is not being led by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always the lifter. Always something better. Always something more. That's the precious part of the Spirit. It's always best for us. Let's thank my dad, can we? There you go. Thank you.
0: When, um, I think I showed some of you these pictures before, but last year, at this time, our family was getting ready to leave for our sabbatical, and we were headed out to Costa Rica, like tomorrow. And we went there for two weeks. We studied Espanol. I think I can still remember some of it. We'll, we'll try. Uh, we had a great time. But the last couple of days we were there, one of the weekends we were there, we went uh, on a little sightseeing, you know, part of the country, a little tour. And one of the things we got to do was do some zip lining through kind of the canopy type stuff. And some of you have been on those uh, type of events before. And we had just an amazing time. And it was an amazing you know, an experience that I'll never forget. I hardly recommend it if you ever have an opportunity to do something like that. But when we got into this, this scene, I wasn't quite sure what was going on, but we had a guy who was a tremendous guide. And, and he, was, he was a great helper to me, just laughing with me, just having a lot of fun. And I think I have a picture of me and the guy. Yeah, there he is. I can't remember his name. But he was a great guide. Let's call him Rolando. so Rolo was a great guide he he was tremendous he was just I mean look at us I'm posing for a picture with him with that silly helmet on and feeling cool about myself (laughs) And we, we just had a wonderful time ziplining. He'd, he'd throw my kids on there, zip them away, and Kyle and I would be standing on the platform wondering where are they going? Are they going to be all right? There's another guy down there. Where they are all taken care of. About, and So we get through about four or five different platforms, different lines, and, and finally he, he looks at me. I'm the last one on the platform, and everybody else had already gone. And some of you heard this story, but he looks at me and he goes, want to do Superman. <laughs> and I said... Sure. What is that? That's that's Superman. But but let me set it up. Go back for a second, Louder, because I gotta set this up. Because here here's the deal. He goes, Wanna go Superman? I said, Yes, I do. And so he said, Alright, get get out in front of me. Stand with your toes hanging off the platform. And so I did. And I heard some clink and clank going on back here and rearrangement of all the different wires and cables and, and different things. And, uh, and then he said, okay, lean forward. So I did, <laughs> about like this. And then he said, all right, give me one leg. I put up one leg like this, and then he said, give me the other. <laughs> I said, how do I do that? I said, just give it to me. So I did, and suddenly felt myself just suspended Right there above a tremendous drop off, and suddenly we were gone. And now you can show that picture again. And uh, look at me. I- I'm like ec- ecstatic. If you can't see my face, I'm just in like never, neverland. And I'm flying more like Peter Pan than actually Superman. I <laughs> realized that as well. I don't even know how to do Superman. I'm just, I'm not very experienced in the Superman world. But, but I'd love for you to look at my guide. Can you see his facial expression? He's like, done this a million times. <laughs> Smiling because I know they're taking a picture of me. No big deal. This is how I roll. This, you can take down that silly picture now. This is the image I want to leave with you of the Holy Spirit guiding us. It will be, whether it's pertaining to matters of your salvation, whether it's pertaining to matters of your daily decision-making and general life direction. Life with the Holy Spirit could feel very risky at times. It might even feel dangerous. You may feel very vulnerable at times. You may feel like you are wide open to all sorts of damage and potential even hurt. But there's something that happens when you lean forward and when you lift up one leg and then the other and you fly. And while our faces may be etched with these expressions of excitement and wonder and fear and what's next and this is an adventure that I can't believe I'm doing and I'm I'm completely letting go of the reins and the control of my life to this Holy Spirit that I can't even see. I can at least see Rolando. I'm letting go of this all, and yet behind us there's the Holy Spirit saying, done it a million times, I am so with you. You got nothing to fear. Let's stand together, can we? Love to have you be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit even right now. My dad talked about we need to learn to listen. And it's very possible that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to one or two or some or many or all of us at some level this morning could be that in your progression of salvation in your life with God whether you haven't felt like you've even started yet or whether you feel like you've checked off all those boxes it could be that the holy spirit's wanting to say to you i have something fresh and new to do in your life today could be that you're wrestling with some decision making could be that There's some things going on in your life that you know are contradictory to the Word of God. It could be that the Spirit wants to come and convict even some of us this morning of that disobedience in our lives. It could be that the Spirit is just saying to some of us, Would you let go and let me hold on to you? Would you let go and let me lead you and guide you in ways that you've never experienced before? However the Spirit is speaking to you this morning, would you listen? Jake's going to sing for us and lead us in a song. If anyone would like to come and kneel here, you can. If this would help you to come on your knees to listen better, I'd invite you to do so. If you'd like to just make where you stand a place of prayer, then please do that as well. After we sing, I'll come back and pray for us. So God bless you as you listen and as you respond in these moments. of God. Fill me with life for you. That I may love what thou dost love and do what thou wouldst that thou wouldst. Do. So Father, we say thank you today for Son, Jesus Christ, and the gift of your Holy Spirit who comes to uh, just uncover and unleash and unveil all that is within your heart, oh God, and all that Jesus came to do. This Holy Spirit who has come to guide us into all the truth that that we weren't quite able to understand fully in Jesus, to grasp, And, and you're working with us, you're patient with us, you're teaching us. It's It's going to take a lifetime and you're very content with that. You're going to show us new things every day. You're going to guide us. You're going to lead us in new directions. You're going to, you're going to uncover truths in scripture that we've never seen before. You're going to awaken in us a desire to, to read your word and to, to be able to understand at new levels. You're going to Open up doors of conversation, interaction with other people that will speak your truth into our lives. You're going to convict us. Again, you're going to shine that searchlight of grace into our lives and, and, and uncover and point out those sinful areas of disobedience in our lives where it's not that you're, you're, you're necessarily angry or mad at us. You love us. You hate and are angry at the sin within us. But you want the very best for us. You don't want us to remain captive to that sin in our lives. And so you want to point it out to us. Convict us. Convict me of my sin today, oh God, wherever I may be falling short. Do the same for everyone around this room here today. God, your Holy Spirit is guiding us. And perhaps again for some here today who have come to this place and just kind of stopped or hit the pause button in their Christian journey. You're calling some, I believe today, God, to a a place of full surrender and full confidence and trust in You with every aspect of their lives, with their families, with their future, with their finances, with their job, with their relationships, with their decisions. Full surrender to Your Holy Spirit. And not only do we surrender to You, but You help us to do that in the first place. So come to those who are wrestling with that even now. Minister to our hearts, O Holy Spirit. And in days to come, affirm, affirm our decision and lead us. Lead us in a life that is fully surrendered to You. There may be a few here this morning, God, who have not yet awakened to the goodness and the grace that is offered to us through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And maybe some are feeling the knock on the door of their heart just simply, that's you, Jesus, saying, I want to come in. Again, it's not that you're a horrible person. It's just that you've, you've been far from me. You haven't maybe even known any better, but you've just been far from me, and I want to have a relationship with you. And if there's some people like that, God, I pray that you just help them through the power of your spirit to open the door of their heart, that Jesus might come in, that they might come in to your story that you're telling throughout history and now in their lives. God, we are trusting you. Confidence is in you. If left up to our own devices, I, I have very little confidence, if any at all, in myself or even in any of these people. But in you, it's great. I have a tremendous optimism in your grace, oh God. Your love is being poured out even now into our hearts and it's pushing out sin. It's pushing out selfishness. It's filling us with love and faith and hope. And for that, we're grateful. So Holy Spirit, guide us. For the dads in this place, bless them, guide them, Lord Jesus, as they parent well, as they our fathers and husbands help them to be it to the glory of God. Holy Spirit, guide us in the words that we say, in the places that we go, in the decisions that we make. Holy Spirit, be our guide. And for that, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we'll give you thanks and we'll give you praise. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Go in the power of God, in the... In the grace of His Son Jesus, in the presence of His Holy Spirit,